Hello, this should be left out in the open. No. What is he putting Tinsley, in? does client confidentiality mean ah! nothing to you? Tinsley, what is oh, it? Oh, 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 pick up, pick up. Everybody's just gonna come oh, oh, oh. grab that. Tinsley. Oh pick up. And Tinsley's a bad I can't employee. Wait. Oh. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I see a Deadpool shoe. I see a Storm, Cyclops. Oh, what was that? Oh, we got the Frogman 4s. We got the Frogman shoes. Are they in the MCU? No, these are not in the MCU. Burn the Frogman <laughs> shoes. Burn the Frogman shoes. Burn them? How Burn dare them. you? Put How them in, dare you? Throw them in the bottom of a swamp. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. She-Hulk proves that with the right fit, you must acquit. The, it's a low-stakes side adventure and a trademark disputes leading to the coming arrival of Matt Murdock Daredevil in the MCU. And in this video, we're gonna react to that and some exclusive footage of Daredevil and She-Hulk shown at D23. Also stick around to see MT celebrate the arrival of Frogman. Holy shit! MCU Gene, we're here, baby! This is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's official after show for She-Hulk. I'm Eric Voss. With me is MT and Jessica Clemens. Good morning, friends. Hi. Good morning, Eric. I'm so happy this episode was so much fun. I loved it. Oh, why was it so much fun? Why did you love it, MT? Um, first of all, Pug and Nikki, the best <laughs> duo. I love them so much. I need to see like a, a like a an indie film of just them two. But mm. most importantly, we have the arrival of Eugene Patilio to the MCU Frogman making a quick cameo. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's such a fun cameo too. He's just so befuddled <laughs> by that elevator. Uh, super fun. I, in my opinion, I think this episode of the five that have been released so far might be my least favorite. It's just a little uneventful, just kind of a vibing episode. Overall, I'm still enjoying the show because it's just like, it's a fun vibe. Like I'm loving these characters. I'm loving living in this world. Um, but now it just seems like based on this episode, I don't know if Titania is the main villain of the series. I don't know if the main conflict of the series is like, human versus human, or if it's human versus society, if it's human versus nature. Right now, it seems like a mix between human versus human and human versus society in general, or really human versus human, like human versus self, right? Mm. Like, I just don't really know what Jen wants. Like, I don't know what she's going after in the series. She's just kind of a reactionary character who's just kind of like waiting for things to happen to her. But overall, I, I'm enjoying it. I think the restructuring of the season kind of feels like it, it, they had to take stuff out of this midpoint episode because I don't know if we needed 24 minutes of like Jen just like making sure she could <laughs> use the name She-Hulk as, as a superhero. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. It did feel kind of like a fluffer episode for its own show, but it was also, it is it, it was my least favorite as well. I think last episode was my favorite, but I do think the battle is going to be with, and what we saw at the end of this episode, more so She-Hulk fighting herself. That was the one part of this episode that I did really like was after Arthur came to the stand and talked and it was just clear that like Jen is going to be fighting herself in different ways than Bruce did. Hers will be just like in just herself. It'd be Jen v. Jen. And so I was like, oh, this is sad. And I really am interested in this. But the rest I was like, OK, <laughs> yeah. All right, I, yeah. I agree. I think uh, that was probably my favorite part of the episode. In addition to just like Pug and Nikki, just like talking about shoes. I, I genuinely enjoyed that. I really liked that they brought back the dates because at first I was like, well, I know they're going to bring back Todd. But the fact that all four of them got to come back and testify like the Seinfeld finale, like it was just fun to go back through that list and, and have another moment with each of those characters and for them to play like a plot role instead of just like a world building role. I thought that was really clever. I, I love that. 
Well, let's actually recap the whole episode. So the episode begins with Jen drowning in Titania's commercials for her She-Hulk branded skincare and wellness products on TV, billboards on the Sunset Strip, which are not cheap, my friends. It's prime, primo real estate. Uh, but also some radio ads. Cousin Ched bought boxes and boxes of these things <laughs> thinking they were for he Jen. He just braced it to her house like, I'm here. <laughs> I, I, Jen, lock your goddamn door. Lock your Seriously? damn door. I know. <laughs> it's like third time's the charm. It's going to be someone bad the next time. The next time it's going to be someone yeah. being like, I could just walk in here. What? It's like she's uh, <laughs> taking a step back in security to prove a point to her dad. He's like trying to set up, he's like buried stuff in the yard, which I think are landmines. I think that's some Station Eleven landmines. <laughs> in the yard, but no, like she's like, okay, well, just to prove him wrong, I'm turning the clock back to 1950 where we didn't need to lock our doors. But you know, <laughs> 1950 was bad for most most yeah. people on human earth. So yeah. <laughs> lock your doors, please. Lock it's not the same. Uh, Cousin Ched probably just knows where she keeps the key. That's my theory. Uh, but he graciously begins to mansplain trademark law to his lawyer cousin. That's th <laughs> nice. Thanks, Ched. Classic Ched. Jen and Nikki confront Titania at an event where Titania finally speaks. We get to hear Jamila Jamil's American accent. I want to hear your thoughts, uh, both of you. What did you think of her voice here? Did you not like it? She was nervous about it. She even posted on Twitter and was like, oh, no, they're going to hear my American accent. And I was like, you did great with a Valley Girl accent i yeah she did really great yeah i thought it was accurate i just think like the character choice is just like oh i get why why jen hates her because it's such like an annoying valley <laughs> a girl vapid, a vapid valley girl yes. influencer yeah. she is literally when she says thank you i was like oh this is kim kardashian i was like oh this is oh, I know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's that's all Jamila Jamil had to do. It's just like watch E, watch the E network for like, I don't know, a couple days and then she's got it. You know? uh, that character seems really fun. It's like a a, a really bad, sober version of Madison. Uh, it's yeah. like it's like, yes. yeah, this is silly. This is her. fun. I bet she's having fun. It's just ugh, ugh. Yeah, wasn't there like some press video where like Madison just shoves Titania out of the way? It's like, yes, that's what we <laughs> want. Right. Like we want to we want to live with Madison. Give her at least like a. A four episode spinoff series because she's please, nice. please, please. So Pug asks Nikki to stand in line with him for the Iron Man three sneaker drop, and I love that these came back. That that's so fun. He wants two pairs, one to rock, one to stock. She agrees that Pug will introduce her to his drip broker. They go to a boba cafe, secretly a front for a superhero clothing business. I don't. I guess this wouldn't need to be a secret, right? Because otherwise, like, the DODC would be cracking down on this. I was wondering why this needed to be a front, like, why they had to be so hush-hush about it. But he, uh, at first, the barista reveals a bunch of knockoff MCU merch for the Avengers or the Avengers, which is fun. Like, it, it feels like, oh, look out, Epic Hero Shop. You, you got some competitors who are out there. <laughs> if we make that shirt, I'm not going to wear it. <laughs> Yo, I would rock that. I love it. <laughs> I wish I had it. They, eventually, they're able to book an appointment with the real clothing designer. Uh, Mr. Holloway wants the She-Hulk ads to stop, even though we see him trying one of those booty boost smoothies at the in the end credits. Do we think he was just disappointed with, like, the results of the booty boost? He's like, I'm not seeing any booty boost. So we have to you take need to this cut down. This shit he wasn't happy. He wasn't smiling. He was, like, sulking that his butt is still flat. Understandable. Yeah, but the other, uh, like, who is that? Dennis or whatever was giving, like, some look like. Mm, no, Mr. it was a look of, like, why are you doing this in the office? <laughs> Do this at home. Okay, I saw some. I don't know. I, I read something different from that. Yeah, I get it. I feel it. I'm, I support it. Holloway teams up Jen with Mallory Book to fight Titania in court. And as she walks into the courtroom, Titania gets my favorite MCU burn of nice suit Shrek. 
I yeah, love I cracked that up, man. So I much. cracked up. I was so offended for her, especially because I'm dumb, and it was my first time hearing that comparison about She-Hulk. And so I was like, I was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, that's almost racist. I was like, what are you, what are you saying? I was like, so wait, did you mad. see what she posted on Twitter? She was like, hashtag Shrek on keto. Yeah, she said Shrek on keto. And she also said, uh, what did she say? She said uh, more like, uh, oh my gosh, she said a bunch of dirty, shady shit. (laughs) Titania on Twitter is just going off right now and I'm here for it. She is the best. I love her. I just love that Shrek exists in the MCU. I know all pop pop culture at this point exists in the MCU, but like Shrek is here and Shrek is life and I'm so happy. So Mallory argues that the name She-Hulk did not exist in the public discourse before Jen became a public figure and Titania's lawyer argues that Jen initially wanted nothing to do with the name the judge says that jim will need to show a pattern of her using that name of she hulk they end up meeting with the designer luke jacobson uh which randomly is the name of a nobody character in marvel dakota north issues from 1986 i don't think there's any connection here but obviously luke is shaping up to be like an edna mode type figure for the mcu a far cry from melvin potter but uh luke has a bit of flair to his designs and we're here for it um now mt you spotted this last night i actually did not see this at first but walking out past them carrying a clothing bag is Brandon Stanley as Eugene Patilio, who is playing Leapfrog on this Leapfrog, show. Leapfrog slash Frogman, who knows? I'm so excited. Like, my goodness. Like, I saw the back of that dude's head. I was like, that is Eugene. That is my my brother. That is the frog god. It is time for the MCU to enter level two. We are at level one. We are entering <laughs> level two. Everything has changed. I'm so excited. Yeah, and like, we were joking about this on Twitter, but like, the physical comedy that Brandon is doing in the background of that scene. Just like, uh, do I uh, wait like, over here? Uh, he's so confused by that elevator. <laughs> doing, getting so much out of just like the back of his head. Like, I'm so excited to see this guy next week. He was looking for crime. That's what. He, that's why he was lost. That's like, right. Is the crime here? Is sure. The crime? I don't wait, know what the sure. crime over He was this so one. damn lost. It also clearly had to be his first time in that building. Because how the hell is he going to get lost every single time? Oh, did he leap in from the window and now he's I think he did. He was like, yeah. No, I just think he was picking up the suit for someone else. But I think it's still funny. I hope if he jumped through the window. I cannot wait to see his personality (laughs) in action. He reminded me when I was a PA and I had to go pick up like um, laundry, uh, dry cleaning deliveries and just trying to get out of any building. Because in Los Angeles, when you go to these nice places in Beverly Hills or downtown, you have to take an elevator. It's like a high rise and you have to like punch in what floor or what suite you're going to. And it's. Not easy to navigate. So I, I, I can't. I still can't get to my dentist. I always forget which floor it is. It's like on the 12th or 13th. And then I get lost and then I'm late and they get mad at me. But it's okay. My teeth are great. And then they go harder on your teeth. Hey. They're like, oh, I got an extra <laughs> punching in me in the jaw. Jen realizes Todd from last week is another one of Mallory's clients. Aha. Uh-huh. And he basically dresses like a DCEU Lex Luthor. So keep an eye basically. on this guy. He's <laughs> shady. Uh, for sure. He's coming back. Jen uses her matcher dates to prove a pattern of using the She-Hulk name. So David Ortunga returns as Derek. We also see Todd and Noah and Arthur. The judge rules in Jen's favor. Titania must recall all of her products. So Jen returns to Luke's shop and tries on some new suits, along with a special one that will likely be her white and purple stretchy suit that we've seen in trailers. And we see uh, another suit. Another one of his clients is the devil of Hell's Kitchen, Matt Murdock who for some reason flies from New York to LA to get his suit made. It's probably not worth going too crazy over all this, but uh, in the closing credits art, Pug shoots include some designs matching Cyclops, Ben Graham, 
uh, Spider-Man, Deadpool. There's a Green Goblin one in there. Like Jen or Jess, I assume you're going to be breaking all these down in the breakdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to I'm going to say what they all are, but I'm not going to get into detail. And please don't get too excited about them showing up in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want everyone to go. Cra- I don't want everyone's hopes up immediately. It's going to they're going to show up eventually. Uh, my hopes are already up. I need to see Speedball immediately. Yeah, I was like, Speedball's I, I not coming. Speedball. Well, Speedball would probably show up way before Wolverine will. <laughs> oh, God, please don't come at me. But I'm just being honest, you guys. It's going to be a couple years. It's going to be a couple years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, technically, it is our first Deadpool reference in the MCU, like an overt reference in anything that we've seen in the MCU. But, you know, unless something shows up during the runtime of an episode, I don't know if we can call it confirmed MCU canon. I think when it's just in the... Credits art like this is just meant to be fun. But in the meantime, there's plenty to talk about here from Daredevil to Leapfrog to Hulk Todd. These guys showing up in the weeks ahead. But before we get into that, MT, why don't you hit us with that merch plug? Yeah, guys, be sure to head on over to NewRockstarsMerch.com to grab our latest obsession shirt, Lady Justice, inspired by the She-Hulk Attorney at Law program. The shirt is limited edition, and when you purchase it, you unlock the ability to get a custom shout-out that will appear right here on Inside Marvel. So support the channel and check out all of our awesome, amazing merch options over at NewRockstarsMerch.com. And let's dive into the episode. Jess, you got the question? Yeah. Why is Daredevil getting a new suit? Where in his timeline is Matt Murdock? Yeah, I, I think that's a real question with Daredevil, right? Like the final shot of the episode reveals that one of the clients of designer Luke Jacobson must be Matt Murdock Daredevil as we see his new gold tinted mask in a box for pickup. Now, trailer footage has shown Jen meeting Matt wearing that mask in this new suit. And we've seen promos in which Matt tells Jen, quote, I think you're in a unique position to do some real good. Jen Walters can use a law to help people when society fails them. She all can help people when the law fails them. Now, Matt is unmasked in that scene. So Jen is going to be one of the few people who know Matt's alter ego and his secret identity. I was lucky to attend D23 last week. I got to see the exclusive footage of Daredevil and She-Hulk. And here's my description of it, just so we're all on the same page. Jen is depowered on a rooftop with Daredevil. He is wearing his suit. They're perching on this rooftop. It looks like it's a building with a neon sign reading lily pads. I might be wrong about that, but they're trying to get a head count of the goons down below. And then they get in a little debate over what's a goon, what's a henchman, what's the difference. And Matt tells Jen that a henchman does what he does because he believes in the cause, whereas a goon just does it for the money. Matt is able to count 18, and Jen's like, how are you able to do that? And he reveals, well, I'm counting their heartbeats. And Jen's skeptical, so Matt listens to her heartbeat and says that it's racing. And they lean in close, they almost kiss, and Jen snaps out of it, and Matt tells Jen to let him handle the goons because he has more experience. Uh, Then he somersaults off the ledge. Based off of this scene and based off of everything else we know about Daredevil in the MCU, the big question with Daredevil in this universe is how much this guy's history is connected to what we saw him go through in the Netflix series. And by extension, the way his character connects to all the other Netflix defenders in that universe. Well, Charlie Cox was asked about this at D23 after the Daredevil Born Again moment uh, on the D23 stage. And he said he hasn't yet seen any scripts for Daredevil Born Again. I don't think they've uh, finished writing anything. They haven't gotten into his hands yet. Uh, But then went on to say this. And let's roll the clip. My feeling is, based on the title, Born Again, I think that it's the sense is it's going to be a new beginning. It's going to be different. It's going to be tonally different. It's going to be new stories and new ideas. It, and and it's a, it, like, like Kevin said, it's a season one. It's not season four. So it's a whole new thing, which is, I think, the right way to go. You know, like if you're going to do it again, let's do it. Let's 
do it differently. And I just want to say before everyone yells at me that we loved the Netflix Daredevil. We loved it so much that earlier this year we went back to break down that first season. We adore the show. We love what Charlie Cox did on it. And nothing Charlie Cox said in that quote or what he cited Kevin Feige as saying erases what the character went through in Daredevil seasons one, two, and three on Netflix. But I think what they are saying is that the 616 MCU Daredevil probably will not reference the events of that series, at least not explicitly. I think Kevin Feige is going to do what he always does. It just kind of keeps it vague and a little jokey and it'll make like vague allusions to it, but they're not going to say in this year at this time, we fought Frank Castle. He had that trial and then Karen Page did this and then Ben Urich died. I don't think they're going to specifically reference any of those things because it would just confuse too much with the MCU timeline. Um, but I do think we'll get some vague nods to Daredevil and Kingpin saying things like, we have a history, Mr. Murdoch. You know, I, but I don't think they're going to cite any specific event or character that is specific to the Netflix world. I think the bigger names like John Bernthal, Punisher, Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones will likely cross over too. But I think the supporting characters might get recast. And I think they should for a lot of them. Like Ben Urich was killed off way too early in that series. I think they probably should redo the arc with the hand. I don't think, I mean, maybe some people are attached with what they did to the hand. I know the Nobu actor is not. So like, it'd be a great opportunity to redo a lot of this um, and do it right. And based on the way Matt Murdock mentors Jen and the way that he was already an established lawyer with hidden powers in Spider-Man No Way Home in that cameo and in the deleted scene with Happy Hogan, it tells us that this Matt Murdock has already been Daredevil for quite some time. We're not going to see an origin story for this character, even though it's going to be a season one. I don't think it's going to be a year one. He's not being born. He's being born again. This is, you know, it's a reference to the Frank Miller 1986 run of the character. So why is he in L.A.? I think he's in L.A. because of some of the shit that's happened in his backstory. He's getting a new suit because I assume his old one got damaged, but he can't get Melvin Potter to hook him up with a new one, probably because Kingpin is active and running the show in New York. We know that he's got the eye patch. We saw him on stage. He's going back in Echo. He's still active. I think he's blocking Matt. I think he's sabotaging Matt. I think he's ruining Matt's life in various ways. So Matt is temporarily on the West Coast seeking gear that has not been tainted by Wilson Fisk's reach. That's my theory for why he's over here. He has to get out of New York, at least for the time being. I definitely feel like in terms of like this new like season one comment of like for Daredevil Born Again, I personally think that we're probably dealing with a multiverse type of situation where Daredevil was brought in from the Netflix universe to 616. And like he has all the experiences from the Netflix universe, but like now he's in 616. He's like, all right. Same shit, I guess. They got the same people. Like, it's, it, it, maybe he doesn't really realize it, but like, or maybe he does, but like, I just feel like he himself is unique. He's like, all right, I'm the same guy, but like, I'm in a new world. So I'm going to do new stories. I'm going to have a new interaction with this new Kingpin and all these uh, players. And um, I think that that's Marvel's way of potentially saving what was, what happened to him in the Netflix stuff and like keeping that, but like moving forward in an, an MCU direction. Um, so, so I do think you think we're going to get a Morbius uh, post credit scene with Vulture-style glow of Charlie Cox <laughs> just apparating into the MCU? Like, what is this going to look like? I, I, I definitely feel like something like that must have happened. I, I feel like some multiverse thing is going on and, like, it's going to tie into that whole narrative um, because, like, it's it, it'd be really, it'd be a bummer if it was a new Matt Murdock because, like, everyone would be like, oh, man, what about the Netflix stuff? But, like, I just feel like Marvel Studios probably can't um, like borrow like Netflix story stuff. They can take yeah. Charlie Cox, but like I feel like net whatever Netflix did is like their thing. Like to well, this well, day. Well, luckily it's not so, too hard to leave off where 
season three ended, if that makes sense. Right. Like Wilson Fisk went to prison. He's now gone. Everybody's happy except for Bullseye. So it's not too hard to pick up where they left <laughs> off. And I don't think they need to trail too much with the Netflix story into this right. one. Yeah, I think Charlie Cox is right. I think he's probably quoting Kevin Feige accurately and that Feige mm. does not want this to be a season four, the Netflix show explicitly. But I think you're right, mm. Jess. I think it's gonna, like, the way season three ended was almost like a return to the status quo a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm. I think a lot of the fans who watch that Netflix series, I suspect, will watch um, will watch Daredevil Born again and be able to, like, connect the dots enough in their head to be, feel like, this is taking place after. I think we're still going to be having this debate over how connected mm. it is to the Netflix one mm-hmm. long after all the episodes of Daredevil Born Again come out. I think really the difference is going to be what he's referring to by saying it's a season one is it's going to feel like a different show than the Netflix mm. series mm. did. I, yeah. I just think the fact that it's tied in the MCU, it's going to be more interconnected with uh, with the MCU at large. Oh, yeah. right. I think it'd be great if Jen shows up. I think it might be a little bit more comedic I, but he did make some comments during D23 about whether or not it would be like a slapstick comedy. I don't think it's going to be that. I, I think it's still going to be pretty dark. Um, yeah. But like, I just think it's going to feel like a reset for a lot of people. I, I don't right. think it's going to feel feel tonally like a season four. But I, I just mm. don't think they're going to like, I, I think they're just going to make these vague comments of like, they're just both actively in their prime. It's not going to be an origin story. There's just going to be certain things that like, they haven't encountered yet, but then they have some past battles. And I don't think right. it, the show is going to focus too much on what those past battles are. Because you're right. True. MT, you are right. That, like, they cannot. They cannot, like, reference specific Netflix things because then it would force Disney Plus subscribers to go watch a Netflix show. And that's right. not in their interest to do that. They don't want to uh, focus on that history that much. I don't know um, exactly what the, like, the overall, like, how gruesome this new Daredevil Born Again series is going to be because, like, the Netflix shows, like, they got into everything. Like, you know, like, like they got really, really dark. And, like, Disney, I feel, is probably going to pull back a little bit. And I feel like a lot of uh, the audience for the Netflix Daredevil is going to be a lot different from the Born Again because, like, they're probably going to make it more geared towards everyone versus, you know, adults for Netflix. So I feel like there's a lot of, like, younger people that have probably haven't even seen Daredevil yet. Um, so they just probably just want to reboot in general. It's like, all right, let's just not reboot, but like, here's a new story. You don't have to worry about like the stuff that you didn't see. Here it is. Uh, the, the dead of a born is again, uh, on Disney plus is going to begin with someone impaling their own head on a spike so that they <laughs> could avoid the wrath of Wilson Fisk. Because yes. that was crazy. That, that might be was... the most violent, maybe not the most violent death, but like just the idea behind it that he would do that to himself. Like, damn. Just because he'd be worried about getting his head crushed in a car door. I'd be like, give me the car door, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty gruesome. All right. Well, let's move on to the rest of the episode. Before we do, let's thank some friends who sponsored this episode. Sleep is important. And here at New Rockstars, we trust Helix to protect our sleep with the best mattresses in the world. I have a Helix mattress, as does MT. Recently, producer Zach, producer John also got some Helix mattresses. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes you just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique, and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even the Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. Producer Zach took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Midnight Lux mattress because he's a, he's a side sleeper that needed a softer mattress, and now he doesn't wake up with a sore shoulder or neck 
like you used to with other mattresses. Just go to helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel, take their two minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10 year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk free. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside Marvel. All right, MT, you've been very patient. And I know that hat can't be very cool. Like, it's very cool to wear, but, like, it's got to be warm under there. Um, yes. So let's talk about it. Eugene Patilio is here in the MCU. What do you think is going to be in his involvement with Jen? How is he going to get in the mix? <laughs> I think that this dude's going to goof his way into um, accidentally committing a crime. Um, I think that he's going to want to be a hero. Um, he's going you know, he's gonna to want to try to, like, you know, re- um, orient his family's reputation because his father in the comics is Leapfrog, the villain. He's a villain. He, he, uh, he's a daredevil villain who, um, you know, gets into lots of scrapes and then he retires and he has a kid and Eugene, and he's super shameful of his life as a, as a criminal. And so Eugene's like, I'm going to take my dad's suit and fight crime like a good guy. And just from his first appearance in this episode, I can tell that he's going to be a goofball. Like, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He he might, I think he might just ev evade the law. I think that he might try to run when he gets arrested. And that Daredevil so and Jen are going to have to chase him down. <laughs> that's, um, that's so stupid. It would, it would be so, so fun. I think I agree with you. And that's why I was like, I completely think he's lost in that place because he's never been there before. And he's on an errand picking up a suit for either. I pitched his dad, but it could be anyone. But mm. I do think it's like his dad's suit and he's going to steal his dad's suit and just start fighting crime. <laughs> so it'd be funny if he starts like fighting crime and his dad's like, I have to send the police after my son for stealing my outfit. <laughs> they think it's me. Please arrest my son. Yeah, please arrest my son. He stole my outfit. Let him sleep it off in jail yeah let him sleep it off in jail yeah he has to learn um do you know you remember how you were like i think his dad is the guy that jumps out the window onto the car mm. <laughs> do you know if maybe I, that's why <laughs> he's like subpoena. you think you think dave pasquese the uh oh, well, the guy who plays the twi'lek in in uh, boba fett because that's the actor uh, who plays him. mt said mm. i think it's that weird guy in the third episode that hits on jen and um nikki at the bar i was like i think that's oh. his dad because i think he's a weirdo and i think he's after jen's blood and he's gonna steal that costume and be like jen stay away from my dad he's trying to steal your blood <laughs> <laughs> You're not being a weirdo. yeah stop dad stop being crazy <laughs> no that, that that's a really good contender but i definitely feel like it's the the mm. window guy that gets the, the, the window in the trailer and lands on the car like it seems like a very leapfrog. leapfrog does that in the comics when he gets yeah. uh when he's in court he tries to evade the law by jumping through the window and he breaks his ankles it's quite hilarious i can't uh, wait to see but, eugene do that eugene's just gonna jump out yes. the window and break his own ankles <laughs> like an idiot i really want there's so much setup for him that it's like i i just want him to be like a rich dummy but then i think we're getting mm. that with todd already so i think mm. like and i know that mm. he is like poor in the comments i know his or comments and his comics i know his dad was like working stealing and being a crime person because they needed money in their family but it's just like i don't know i don't know what to expect from leapfrog i it, or at least yeah. eugene i, I he seems too chaotic <laughs> I, I really hope that he, he gets carried over into born again because like he leapfrog is a daredevil villain and like i would love if he was just like Someone that keeps getting into Matt Murdock's way, he just keeps showing up. It's like, yo, I can be like you. Like, let, then, me, let me be like you. Let me be so what funny. If Jen introduces him to Daredevil and he starts working for Daredevil. See, yo, I will love that. Please, Marvel. Like, he could please, be like a little intern. Be so funny. 
See, I have a feeling, I don't know if uh, Eugene's going to make it out of the She-Hulk series, unless he's super popular. Unless, like, once he arrives, it's a huge freaking splash. And Yo, the Frog Squad has been activated. Like, of course he's going to be popular. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> MT's going to make sure it happens. I just feel like <laughs> if anyone is a breakout star, only so many people can be a breakout out star exactly. from the show. And it seems like you think it is? the series so far is Madison. Like, Madison's True. got her own poster. Like, she seems to be the hit. But we'll see. We'll see. I have high hopes for it's interesting that it's like more there's there are too many. There's too many cameos. There's too many cameos because it's like <laughs> if they do have to choose one, it's like you're gonna choose Madison over like Titania, uh, over Pug, over Nikki. Because I, I still think Nikki's gonna die. Uh but that's a lot I really down hope not. I've been dreading it. Please I think don't Nikki's die. gonna die. Nikki's gotta die. I think I Nikki's either gonna no. die or she's gonna reveal herself. Okay, there's three things. Nikki's either gonna die, she's gonna reveal herself to be a witch. Or she's actually in love with She-Hulk. One of the three. One of the three is gonna happen. Can't she just be a friend and a confidant? Thank you for being a friend. Like just a good person, a good wholesome sweetheart in this world. Why not that? Absolutely. True. They just die usually. <laughs> it's like, and the that's what happens when you're also die. the best friend. When you're the best friend, you gotta be the one on the line. Yo, I will be devastated if she dies. Devastated. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's but... speculate on on Todd for a second. What is okay. Todd's deal? He just seemed like a weirdo on a date. Now he's got some like high powered attorney repping him. He's got a, a day scarf. Is did you say a day scarf? The thing around yeah. his neck. Oh my god! Uh. And indoor glasses. Um, so he was like, "This is my attorney." Mallory is working on both sides. She doesn't not only have to work on the superhuman law division, correct? Because I'm like, why is she protecting this guy? Why is she? Oh yeah, good lawyer? point. I think she's been assigned to that division, but she probably has like grandfathered in some previous cases. Yeah, some other clients. Okay, makes sense. Todd's just a douche. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's just and a question, the, period. We don't further. <laughs> he's such down. a butt that I think he's just gonna do butt things. Like I didn't like his encore when he was straight up just like, I'm a good person. Girls love me. I'm so nice. Mm. I'm sweet. I was like, this is the formula for a horrible person. Um, and so I just think yeah, he's yeah. gonna be like a weird, like women owe me this. They owe me mm. this. I, I'm the best that she's ever going to get. And so I think because of all that money and bachelor lifestyle, he's just going to be like a menace, an annoying menace. And uh, yeah, that's what I think. Todd's I mean, thing is. I, I still definitely think that um Todd is madman. I think that he's the leader's brother. And I feel mm. like he just he's 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 after that blood. That's why he mm. wanted another date. I feel like he he got all that intel from the first date. And he's like, all right. Let me try a vibranium needle this time. Or like, let me try this other needle. <laughs> let me do it. Um, and he's going to set her up to try to, to get more of that Hulk blood because he just, yeah. he seems very obsessed with the idea of superheroes. I just feel like Todd is going to probably end up being the villain of this whole thing. Um, sort of like representing the toxic masculinity of oh, um, the world in, in, in the, a superhuman form. In the 2014 yeah, I, comic run, there was uh, a guy that was just like him and it turned out to be Dr. Doom's son. And mm. he was a. I don't think this is Doctor Doom's son. I don't know if that's. There's so many cameos. The last thing we need is to put in Doctor Doom. But uh, <laughs> I think they might be using that as just like a uh, as a mapping way of using mm. that issue of that comic. It's like number two or three of just like this right. guy. And he was annoying. He was the worst. He was like so demanding of She Hulk and just being like, 
you're on my time. I'm not on yours. And I was like, you're not doing anything. You're running away from home. So I think they're probably just kind of like overlaying that guy. I think for me, like the future of uh, Todd is like, what is the, the core relationship and conflict of the show? Is it like about like, cousins of superheroes if so then like yeah i could see todd being the cousin of someone important and he's trying mm. he has somehow inherited something from a family member a cousin a father a brother and he's like doing it on the behest of them but just based off of this moment in this episode where he's like with mallory book i'm like okay it doesn't feel like he's someone's relative it seems like he mm. is he's got his own personal it's, agenda that's that has mm. nothing to do with any other superhero He's, oh, he's just a rich nerd who's got a fascination with Jen and wants her blood. Mm. And yeah, I but that, I still think he will be the villain. Uh, like, right, just based off of this, the way this episode kind of puts Titania on the back burner, it really was just like, she's just kind of a, a societal reflection of the annoyances that Jen has to deal with. But I don't think she's going to be the big bad of the show. I think the big bad is going to be right. whoever's paying the wrecking crew and... Yeah, I'm starting to think, especially after the leader got announced that he's returning in Cap 4, I, I really do feel like the leader is going to be behind this. I don't know if he shows up on the show, mm. but maybe we find out that the intelligentsia is who's funding the Wrecking Crew and these other people. Yeah. Yeah, okay, one question I want to leave y'all with is, like, should Pug's shoes in the credits count as MCU canon? <laughs> I think that we should take this as a good sign of the characters that Marvel has are actively thinking about right now, which is um, I'm super excited about because I, I want to see Speedball in the MCU so badly. I think he'd be such a great fit. But I just think that these are all just like the characters that was like, yeah, we love like we like these characters. We see the potential in these characters, but like they're not MCU confirmed. This is just like um, these these um, end credits drawings are just like the court drawings, basically. Um, they're mm. supposed to be modeled after court. So like not it's not all accurate. It's not going to be all real. So it's just like, oh, wait, hey, you don't fun. think courtroom sketch artists are trying to draw? They're doing that <laughs> because they're all photographers. Yeah. So they're, they're not putting in Wolverine on the, in the jury pool. <laughs> they're just, what is it? No, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're at saying. At a carnival, the person that does the like character, the caricature drawings. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what, what, what yeah, are they like big teeth? You, you like to write surfboards? Yeah, you're a Yeah, surfer. you like surfboards. You surfer. like surfboards. You got All a big forehead? Oh. I'm going to make the other person sit on top of it. They uh, they butcher oh. me every time I do one. Some models are going to be giving you smooches. Hey, 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 you're problematic. That sketch artist episode of Nathan For You is my favorite, by the way. I can't watch Nathan For You. It stresses me out. Um, <laughs> it stresses oh. me out. I can't watch it. Um, I think it's interesting. It's It's... It's one of those things where, like, even with, like, the Wolverine, the bear, the brawl in a, cl in a bar kind of thing, it's just, like, these writers, which I love to death, because I know two of them actually do are, like, one is writing the new Miles Morales comic book series. So, like, a lot of the writers no. for the series write comics. They know comics. They love comics. They're just trying to put that in there that's, like... It's clear. Once I get this in there, I can leave. Like, you guys have to acknowledge it eventually. So I think it's just the writers just having fun and wanting to acknowledge mm. that, like, we love these and we want to see them, too, just as much as you do. Um, well, but do real sneakers probably exist in that world? Yes. I'm sure, like, the Iron Man 3s do are probably real, real sneakers, just like the Moon Knight ones will become, just like the other ones will become. But it's just, like, no one knows Deadpool yet. So how does that shoe exist? Right. Unless right. it's based no off a comic 
great book in the, yeah or nova it's like you uh, no they can't we can't we can't but i'm sure they do exist yeah if all these characters were popular enough to like get shoes modeled after them we would have heard of them in the mcu they would have been mm -hmm. celebrities like everyone else so yeah true and mt you're right to remind us that this is like designed to be a courtroom artist uh, and but like that's just like the look and the feel and design of it. And we actually see these drawings come together. So it's some sketchbook person who is just like right. using their artistic license to just have some fun. And I think that's and plus like some of these shoes are are terrorists. Like we got a great goblet. Yeah. Um, like some of these whoa, are not whoa, whoa, shoes whoa, whoa. that you want to sell. <laughs> That sneaker's effing cool. Also, you know cool. damn well I would go for the villain sneakers immediately. Even if that villain killed my mother, I would be like, I'm buying this suit because this shoe is sick as hell. And I'd be wearing Yo, one for rocking and one for stocking, Peter baby. Parker. You're Peter Parker yeah. at the ball. You see the fucking Green Goblin seven. Yeah, you trigger. It's so like, you trigger what? everyone. You're wearing the Hulk sneakers and you go straight to Hell's Kitchen. You go, hey, look my goddamn shoe. <laughs> look at my shoes. What do you go to like the people's graves wearing the shoes? What if you wore that to someone's funeral that died from like Loki? Seriously. <laughs> it's like, like, man, I, I like, had to look fresh though. Yeah, but mom, these are the Loki fours. They match my, they match my suit. <laughs> they match my suit. He wears them in Austria and that some guy's like, that is, he, that man took out by grandpa's eye. He's <laughs> on the road. They're just break dancing, like, what about it? <laughs> <laughs> my God. Uh, oh we'll my leave God. it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow Jessica at Lulu underscore Clements. Follow me at EAVOS. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching and be sure to stick around. Uh, Jess's breakdown of the episode is gonna come out tomorrow. So Oops. it's going to be great. She's going to point out all those shoes for us. It's going to be awesome. Hey. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Hey, Frog Man, Bye. let's go for a squad. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>